Welcome to New City Sermon Podcast. Join us as we open God's Word to be empowered and challenged today. Well, good morning, church. Good morning again. This morning, we're continuing our sermon series that we have called The Message on the Move. Before ascending into heaven, Jesus had a meeting with his disciples, and he told them, look, I'm going to be sending you the Holy Spirit, and he's going to empower you to take this message to Jerusalem, and from Jerusalem to Samaria, and from Samaria to the ends of the earth. The United States is technically at the ends of the earth, meaning we are far from where the message first started. Praise God that the message has went throughout the land and has reached many of us. The scripture says he sent the message to the Israelites proclaiming the good news of peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that your message of peace have reached our hearts. We thank you that you forgive our sins and our wrongdoings. We thank you for your faithfulness to us even when we are not faithful to you. Father, you are great, and you are good, and you deserve a people who is willing to follow you. And so, Father, we ask that you empower us to live for you, and we ask right now that your word would speak to us and encourage us. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today's message is called The Road to the Nations. The Road to the Nations. Here in the United States, we live in the land of the free. We have freedom of expression, freedom of speech. But every now and then, we're reminded, man, I'm not just free to do whatever I want to do. Have you ever done something that the majority of the folks just didn't agree with? Have you ever felt the weight of going against popular opinion? I remember when I first felt that thing, I was in the fifth grade, and um, believe it or not, I had hair. And, uh, and my mom used to do my hair, and uh, I, my, my hair wasn't, it wasn't just kinky. It was nappy. And, uh, and my mom, she wanted to do something about it, but she didn't know how to do it. But she noticed that, wait a minute, he loves that Temptations movie. I was a big fan of the Temptations. I mean, the Temptations actually taught me how to, how to sing a bit. I would mimic each person's voice. I would do deep voice, boom, boom, boom. I would do high-pitched voice. And I realized, man, these are some cool guys. And my mom said, you know what, Cody, I got a box here. We can get you one of those nice, pretty haircuts like the Temptations. I said, all right, let's do that. But what I didn't know was what worked back in the 50s and 60s didn't work in the 90s. And so I showed up to school. I slid out of the car. I mean, I had a part in it, too. I slid out the car. I thought I was all that. I walked in there. 
And e I mean, everybody I saw, oh, they just bust out laughing. They bust out laughing. I, I mean, they couldn't keep their eyes off of me. And I started to feel like I was doing something wrong. Like I, ain't, I, I, I wasn't living life the right way. You can't just go out there and wear your hair like you're in the 50s, man. And I really felt the weight of that thing. I remember going over and sort of getting with the group that wasn't that cool. Y'all all right? Y'all got space for me? Because all the popular people, they treated me now as an outcast, as a fool. <laughs> but one way or another, we all struggle with the fear of man. What would they say if I did this? But praise God, here in our text today, the Lord shows us that although it might not sit well with man or with society, God is doing something bigger than man could even imagine. The question that we must answer is, will I follow man or will I follow the voice of Jesus? If we're going to follow Jesus and move his message forward, we must believe the gospel is a message from heaven. And the gospel breaks barriers. The gospel is a message from heaven. Luke, writing about a vision of Peter's in Acts chapter 10, in verse 11 we read, He saw heaven opened and an object that resembled a large sheet coming down, being lowered by its four corners to the earth. In it were all the four-footed animals and reptiles of the earth and the birds of the sky. A voice said to him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. No, Lord, Peter said, for I have never eaten anything impure or ritually unclean. Again, a second time, the voice said to him, what God has made clean, do not call impure. This happened three times, and suddenly the object was taken up into heaven. Here we see Peter is wrestling with what he should do. Should he follow the direction of Jesus or continue living by society's custom? God wants to show Peter that the gospel is much bigger than what Peter thinks. It's much bigger than what man thinks. It's much bigger than what we think it is. It's not just for me or you, but the word, the good news is for everybody because God so loved the world. God wants Peter to see that the gospel is not just for the Jews, but it's also for the Gentiles. However, at this particular time, Peter and the rest of the apostles were still clinging to the Jewish outlook. And they knew that the Gentiles could not come into the faith until the Jews had accepted the Messiah and he had set up his kingdom. But now Peter was going to learn that God was introducing a new program, the church. 
Jesus wants Peter to know that the church is for everybody. And it is not something we are saving for later, but it's for right now. And as his church, we must consider the authority of the gospel. It's from heaven. Now, I know it sounds obvious, but sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we act like the gospel is just something cute that the church came up with. The whole idea of the blended family. We call ourselves God's blended family not because it's something that we just thought would be a good idea. It's because we see that God is the one doing the blending. God is saving people from Haiti, saving people from Russia, Afghanistan. God is on the move. His message is reaching people. And all we're saying as New City is we could come and gather together here as the church of God. But sometimes we let the world stand in the way of what God wants to do through us. We got to remind ourselves that this is a message from heaven. And the Lord of heaven and earth said to Peter, get up, kill, and eat. But three times Peter said, no, I'm not eating anything unclean. You see, we can't call Jesus Lord and at the same time tell him no. If he's Lord, then he's our master and we ought to do what he says. You might be saying, come on, Peter. What are you, vegan? Ain't nothing wrong with eating a little ham sandwich every now and then. But Peter knew that God gave the Jews strict dietary laws. And he told them, what foods to abstain from so that they may live clean and healthy lives. But unfortunately, some teachers of the law applied this principle of cleanliness not only to eating but also to social engagement. And those teachers established a cultural norm among the Jews and the surrounding nations or the Gentiles. So Peter was trying to process this whole thing. God, what, what are you up to? Verse 19 says, while Peter was thinking about the vision, the spirit told him, three men are here looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, and go with them with no doubts at all, because I have sent them. The spirit helps Peter to understand the vision by acting on it instead of merely contemplating it. Peter, God is moving towards other people and you need to move with him. Not only has God sent the apostles to the Gentiles, but he also sent the Gentiles to the apostles. And there they were knocking and looking for Peter. Peter, come on out. But Peter might have thought to himself, but Lord, wait a minute, I, I'm just not ready. I'm not ready to face the criticism of the people who look like me and who disagree with my involvement 
for the people who don't look like me. But Jesus gave Peter a vision to prepare him for what God was already doing. Maybe you might be saying the same thing. Lord, I'm not ready to have conversations about racial reconciliation. I'm not ready to talk about those things that stand in the way of me loving my brothers and sisters. We hope you're inspired by God's word. What have you learned so far? As you listen, pray about applying it to your life. Let's continue in God's word. Just as God prepared Peter, he's preparing us. He has given us the church. He has given us his word. It's time that we start seeing the gathering of the church as a place of preparation, development, understanding, and training for the purpose of moving the gospel to the nations. Somebody say, I might not be ready yet, but I'm fixing to go. Look over to your neighbor and say, I'm, I'm, I'm fixing to go. I'm going to follow Jesus in this. When Ayn Graham Lotz and her husband, Denny, attend football games at his alma mater at the University of North Carolina, thousands of people cram the parking lot. And she can't see where she's going. But her husband is six foot seven. And he could look over the crowd. So he takes her hand and he leads them to their seats. She said, the way I get from the car to my seat is just by holding his hand. And following him closely through the crowd. We should follow the same procedure with the Lord. We should strive to faithfully follow Jesus step by step and day by day. When it's all over, we want to be able to look back and say, to the best of my ability, I was obedient to God's call on my life. You might be asking yourself, am I called to cross-cultural ministry? The answer is yes. Jesus has called the church to take the gospel to everybody. And Peter might have said, Lord, I'm fixing to go. I, I, I'm fixing to go. Verse 21, then Peter went down to the men and said, here I am, the one you are looking for. What is the reason you are here? They said, Cornelius, a centurion, an upright and God-fearing man who has good reputation with the whole Jewish nation, was divinely directed by a holy angel to call you to his house and to hear a message from you. Watch this now. Watch Peter's action in response to the message from heaven. He says in verse 23, Peter then invited these men in and gave them lodging. He invited these Gentile men into the place where he was staying and he gave them lodging. One of the most powerful ways to express God's love for people is by inviting outsiders into our most intimate spaces, into our homes. Peter and his Jewish friends invited these 
Gentiles, which at the time, these were citizens of the nation that oppressed Peter's people. He invited them into the home and gave them lodging. If we're going to be obedient followers of Jesus and move his message forward, not only must we believe that the gospel is from heaven, but we also must believe that the gospel breaks barriers. The gospel breaks barriers. These three men had come to Peter because they were sent to him by Cornelius. You see, before Jesus started preparing Peter, in verses 9 through 16, he sent an angel to visit Cornelius in verses 1 through 8. The angel told Cornelius that God had heard his prayers and seen his charitable acts. And the angel told Cornelius, send men to Joppa and call for Peter. He has a message for you. You see, God was already up to something. Now let's catch up with Peter in verse 23. The next day, he got up and set out with them, the people who Cornelius sent. And some of the brothers from Joppa went with him. The following day, he entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. When Peter entered, Cornelius met him, fell at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up and said, stand up. I myself am also a man. While talking with him, he went and found a large gathering of people. Peter said to them, you know it's forbidden for a Jewish man to associate or visit a foreigner. Wait a minute. Cornelius invites his whole family to hear the words that Peter has to say. And Peter enters the door and goes straight for the elephant in the room. Just when Peter enters Cornelius' home, he's reminded of the reality of the relationship between Jews and Gentiles. Again, Peter feels the full weight of public opinion on his shoulders. And the first thing he does is address this elephant. You know it's forbidden for me to be here. On coming from the market, Jews were expected to immerse or to cover up to avoid contact with Gentiles. They eat filthy animals. They are unclean people. You shouldn't marry them eat with them, or even associate with them. This is what was being told and carried along in society. Since they are unclean, if you do involve yourself with them, it will make you unclean. It's a disgusting thing to associate or visit a foreigner. But the gospel breaks barriers because God does not discriminate against different races or classes. After acknowledging what society says about the matter, the second half of verse 28, Peter says, but God, 
has shown me that I must not call any man or person impure or unclean. Peter says, God has shown me. We are to follow God's footsteps. God says, be holy for I am holy. In other words, the reason why the children of God are not to discriminate against races or against people is because God doesn't. God is impartial. God treats people impartially. God judges impartially. God does not distinguish between people on the basis of external appearance. God does not discriminate against races, but instead he accepts all people. In verse 29, Peter said, that's why I came without objection when I was sent for. So why have you sent for me? Cornelius tells Peter his testimony. He said, you see, Peter, a few days ago, I was minding my business. And all of a sudden, an angel from God came to me and said, God has heard your prayers. God has seen your charitable acts. Send for Peter and tell him to come here. He has a message for you. Right there we see that, wait a minute, the primary responsibility of an angel is to be a messenger. He gave Cornelius a message to send for Peter because Peter has a message for you. What? The gospel is for people to share. God has given that responsibility to us, not to angels, not to another church, not to any other uh, body, not to the person down the street. He's given it to us. So in verse 33, Peter said, well, Cornelius said, so I immediately sent for you, and it is good for you to have come. So now we are all in the presence of God to hear everything you have been commanded by the Lord. And Cornelius has his whole family of Gentiles gathered together just itching to hear the good news. In this moment, Peter can see that the gospel breaks barriers because God has no favorite nation. In verse 34, Peter began to speak. Now I truly understand that God doesn't show favoritism, but in every nation, the person who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. Since God has no favorite nation, the church should treat all people the way that God treats them. Back in the day, there was two running backs named Gail Sayers and Brian Piccolo. One of them, Gail, had become roommates with the other partner, with the other football player, Brian. And they created quite a sensation back in the day. They were best known for being roommates. And reporters used to ask them about that all the time. And they would always tease one another in their answers. A reporter would say, do you mind living with him? And Piccolo would answer, not if he ain't using a bathroom. <laughs> or a reporter would say, what do you folks even talk about? What do you two talk about? 
And Gail Sayers would respond, oh, just the usual racist talk. They had a lot of kidding remarks they made toward one another. But there was a deep, deep affection between them. Then Brian was cut down by cancer and began to spend more time in the hospital than on the football field. And the two men had planned to go with one another and their wives to New York for a professional presentation of an award to Gail for being the most courageous professional football player. But Piccolo, because of the oncoming advance of this disease, was unable to go. And when the moment came for Gail Sayers to receive the award, this star running back stepped to the microphone and with tears in his eyes, he said, you flatter me giving me this award. But I tell you, Brian, the one, deserved this award. Brian Piccolo is the man of courage who should receive the award. I love Brian Piccolo, and I'd like you to love him too. Tonight, when you hit your knees, pray and ask God to love him. Brian Piccolo had the courage to go against popular opinion and accept a black man and be friends with him. But even more than Brian Piccolo's courage, what Gail wanted people to know on that night is that the gospel breaks barriers because the subject of the gospel is Jesus. Jesus is both Lord and Savior. And as Lord, Jesus has all power. And as Savior, he's able to deliver his people. Jesus is the word. And he is the essence of the message. Although we were sinful and unclean, one day Jesus moved towards us. As he pursued us, the Savior broke every barrier that stood in his way. He broke out of heaven and he broke into earth. He broke into human flesh so that he would live for us and break the chains that held us bound. The reason why the gospel breaks barriers because 30 years ago or at age 30, Jesus broke on the scene and was baptized by John in the Jordan River. And as Jesus came out of the water, the Father broke open the sky and said, This is my beloved Son, who I am well pleased. Peter began to preach in the house of the Gentiles, and he told them, God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. And Jesus went on doing good and healing all those who were under the tyranny of the devil. I don't know about you, but I know I have spent some time under Satan's tyranny. He had my mind. He had my body, but praise God, he didn't have the power to keep Jesus from breaking me free. Is there anybody who knows Jesus as a Savior? Does anybody know Jesus is able to break you out of Satan's trap? Peter kept on preaching about God who is able to break barriers. Peter said, we are witnesses of everything he did in both the Judean country and in Jerusalem. And yet they killed him by hanging him on a tree. 
but he didn't stay dead long. Peter told them that Jesus broke out of death and he broke back into life. Anybody know him as a Lord this morning? God raised him on the third day with all power in his hands. Paul said in Ephesians that Jesus tore down the dividing wall of hostility between the people groups. He's able to break racism. He's able to break discrimination. Jesus is able to break hate. The gospel breaks barriers because Jesus is Lord of all. Everybody, let's go ahead and stand to your feet. Maybe you're here this morning. And you're saying to yourself, I've made the gospel so much about myself, about my country, and my desires to make it about me. But Peter told them that the gospel is the good news that no matter who you are, where you're from, or your background, Jesus receives sinners and he forgives sins. Or maybe you are here and you're wondering, how am I supposed to have those conversations in my workplace? When divisive talk starts to come up, how am I to pop in with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Today is a good day to recommit yourself to viewing the church as the place that prepares you for the mission of taking the gospel to the nations. Looking back on that old hairdo taught me a valuable lesson. God was making me into a follower of Jesus Christ. One of the first steps that we take towards following Jesus is to stop following the crowd. The scripture says, wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas. And he had Jesus flogged. And he handed him over to be crucified. If we're going to follow Jesus, we must remember to believe in the authority of the gospel because it's a message from heaven. And we must believe the gospel breaks barriers. Thank you for listening to New City Sermon Podcast. For more information, check us out at www.newcityhh.com. We'll see you next week.